Hello everyone and welcome back to Sex Ed. I'm again your host Lily Raposa and thank you for joining me for this episode where we will discuss technology and media relating to sexual education as well as adolescent sexuality and development of identity and how it relates to how we should approach sexual education classes. First, let's start off with integrating technology into these educational programs. As many know, adolescents are your call digital natives. This means that they are well-versed in technology, often more so than the educators who are teaching them. This is due to the fact that they have grown up around technology and that they're constantly around new technology, new media sources, so that they are very well experienced and well-versed in these subjects. For example, a study from 2015 by Pew Research Center highlights adolescent technology use, showing that 87% of surveyed adolescents had access to a computer and 73% of adolescents surveyed had access to a smartphone. These results show how easily adolescents can access information, making them very vulnerable to inaccurate information and hostile or violent media content. Because adolescents have this unmatched access, it's important to address it and teach about technology and media in school. Hopefully by providing them the skills and resources to use technology, they'll be better able to decide which media to use and rely on and how to protect themselves. It's important in sexual education classes to outline reliable online resources about sex and relationship. It's also important to give the tools to determine if information online is good information. For example, it's important to teach media literacy, not only in sexual education classes, but in adolescent classes in general. For example, misinformation, like not being able to get pregnant on your period, or not needing a condom the first time you have sexual intercourse, can lead adolescents to take risks that impact their health and their safety. These classes should also teach media deconstruction skills surrounding sexual messages. These skills will hopefully help to decrease perceived realism and increase skepticism of media messages and overall positively influence sexual health decisions. Some good resources that students can be pointed to by their educators and other adults can be resources like Anonymous texting resources on Planned Parenthood, where adolescents have the option to text an experienced or medical individual to ask questions relating to sexual health, relationships, violence, or consent, but be able to do it in an anonymous platform so that they feel comfortable speaking to someone else. You can also point students to good resources like good websites or also apps that they can use to encourage sexual, healthy sexual relationships, intimacy, um, or even resources for the LGBTQ plus community as well. It's also very important to talk about the presence and the impact of pornography on youth and relationships in sexual education classes. While these subjects may not be included in younger adolescents classes, many individual adolescents have been exposed to pornography or other hostile or violent media content relating to sexual activity. A New York Times article, for example, written by the writer Peggy Ornstein, written this year, cites that a study found that more than 90% of boys and close to two-thirds of girls 
had viewed online pornography before turning 18, whether intentionally or unintentionally. It's important to realize that many adolescents will see pornography or violent or hostile sexual media content. So it's important to get ahead of it and educate them about it to protect themselves and to allow them to realize that that may not be an accurate portrayal of relationships and sexual experiences. It's also important to talk about a number of subjects like gendered st- gender norms, stereotype gender norms, violence and hostility, advance how these videos advance rape culture, and the negative consequences of overuse of pornography. By addressing these subjects, which are relating to pornography usage and media content, you can hopefully allow students or encourage students to realize that their own sexual relationships and identities may not match what is portrayed in these videos and media content. However, it is important to emphasize the normalcy of masturbation and exploration or use of media individually and together with one's partner. However, it's more important outside of the normalcy to recommend that students act as skeptics when using these resources to encourage them to develop an accurate portrayal of sexual experiences and relationships. It's also very important to address gender roles and gender identity in sexual education classes. From the gender intensification hypothesis, we know that adolescents become increasingly concerned with their gender-appropriate behavior as they age, while adolescents in elementary school may not be very concerned with how their gender dictates they behave. As middle school and high school approaches, adolescents will become more aware of these gender roles and will try to act within these boundaries to create social and peer acceptance. Another article by Peggy Ornstein talks about the idea of toxic masculinity and how the ideas from society and gender norms for males in current day society can dictate how men or how boys and adolescents behave with one another in sexual relationships and towards their peers. It's important to talk about these subjects such as toxic masculinity and talk about gender norms in society so individuals can be aware of them, can try not to play into them, and maybe can even be included if they don't feel like they fit into one of these pre-described gender norms that society dictates. Additionally, it's important to explain the vulnerabilities of adolescent boys versus girls and the gendered attitudes about relationships. For example, girls typically have a less favorable experience with their first sexual experience. So it's important to advocate communication and mutual beneficial sexual experiences for adolescents, specifically in high school level sexual education. Girls also have a greater fear of pregnancy and STDs and STDs. So it's important to educate all students about the risks of sexual activity and provide knowledge to how to counter these risks and or address them if they do happen. By addressing these gendered attitudes about relationships, educators and sexual education classes can hopefully address the gender roles of society and how it impacts and affects adolescents, whether they identify with these gender roles or whether they don't. 
it's also very important to talk about gender identities and different sexual orientations. It's important that educators and sexual education classes educate about LGBTQ plus communities and individuals, um, not only to make an inclusive area and a safe, comfortable area for all adolescents and all students, but to also educate about the different options students have and the different identities um, they may experience or may be exploring. While there has been increasing recognition of the LGBTQ plus community among adolescents in recent years, these identities remain stigmatized and are not educated in many schools. According to a book mentioned earlier, LGBTQ adolescents are more likely to be bullied, sexually harassed, attempt suicide, and become depressed. In order to address this stressful and difficult time in adolescents' lives, educators, specifically who educate about sexual education, should provide a safe space for these youth members, should very firmly discourage bullying and harassment, and should provide resources for students of different sexual orientations and different gender identities to make sure that they have resources to utilize and feel included and accepted in their environments. Thank you for joining us on our discussion today relating to sexuality, gender roles, and gender identity, as well as the use of technology and media and its importance in a comprehensive sex ed approach to education.